I hope that it's one of your favorites. Here he is singing Blues in the Night. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Stafford. Joe Stafford. And he does, and it's caught! Touchdown! Chris Matthews! How crazy. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Joe Stafford. Quarterback, Georgia. Everybody, Stafford and Matthews, episode 22, 23. We've lost count at this point. Anyway, Joe Stafford, of course, Chris Matthews, and intern Kev. Boys, we're back. We missed a lot. We went to do our, our Super Bowl post game show and everything. We talked about the game and how Tom Brady won his seventh Super Bowl to absolutely no one's surprise except Chris Matthews. And now we're fully invested in the NFL offseason. Two major things have already happened. We missed our window on one. Sorry, we'll get to those thoughts in a minute on, you know, on Stafford and Goff switching places from, you know, Detroit and L.A. But we'll start with the big news of the week. Carson Wentz, the actual Red Rifle. That's my nickname for him instead of Andy Dalton because he can sling that thing. Indy, the Indianapolis Colts have traded for Carson Wentz uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles for in exchange for a second and third round pick. The second can actually turn into a first round pick, but regardless, the Colts team's going to be really good. So even that first round pick's going to be towards the end of the first round anyway. My thoughts on the trade right off the bat, I think it's a great move for both teams. And here's why. Frank Reich worked wonders with Carson Wentz during his years in Philadelphia as the OC. No doubt about it. He was, a, he was an MVP contender. He had 35 touchdowns passing in, I think, 12 or 13 games, something like that, before he hurt his knee, before that, that crazy Super Bowl run with Nick Foles. Regardless, had a phenomenal season under Frank Reich with really limited weapons. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey was not the number one receiver. Like, he was banged up pretty much his whole career in Philly. Um, and not to mention, you know, guys like Nelson Aguilar, who wasn't obviously stellar uh, at any point in his career so far, uh, with good tight ends granted and everything. But I think a lot better weapons in Indianapolis await Carson Wentz with guys like Naeem Himes, Jonathan Taylor, Zach Pascal, you know, uh, sophomore now Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, I will see how T.Y. Hilton, you know, handles his offseason and everything. I'm not really sure uh, what we're going to see. Uh, from him next year. We're not sure if he's kind of done or not. We're not even sure he's going to be back on the team next year. We'll wait and see for that. But regardless, Indy's future looks pretty bright. And I do think Carson Wentz has a career revival in him. He's still young, guys. People are acting like he's washed up. But he's not washed up yet. He has so much more potential left in him uh, to succeed in the NFL at, at a very high level. As for Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts is your future. You dropped him in the second round last year, and everybody's kind of blown away. You, you, you've kind of been behind Carson Wentz your entire time here. Even when you drafted him, you're saying Carson Wentz is still our quarterback. Wentz goes out, Hurts comes in, has a couple great performances against Kyler Murray and a couple other teams down the stretch, and it looks like Philly found their next guy. And as soon as it became a, a quarterback controversy, one of them needed to go. 
it's so cancerous to have both of those entities in the same locker room, especially considering Wentz's attitude was horrendous towards Philly officials towards the latter parts of his Eagle career. This was going to be a locker room issue. It was going to divide the locker room. and It'll be a hell of a lot easier for Hertz to command respect from his guys without Wentz yapping in the background, whether as a backup or a starter. I think it's time to start fresh in Philly. You know, it remains to be seen whether or not it was the correct move to either trade Hertz or Wentz. We have to wait and see on that. Obviously, no one can tell at this point. But if I had to give my opinion right now, it was a great move for both teams. Both teams are moving in the right direction now, at least for the 2021 season. And I'm, I'm very looking forward to seeing how both quarterbacks perform in their new roles. Yeah, uh, I hear you. Um, I feel like it was a good move for both sides as well. I feel like, uh, you know, with with the with all the things that was that's been going on in the locker room with Philly and all the you know the talking behind the scenes, um, it it just felt like it's you know its course is ran and you know the time has ran its course and you know I I I am not gonna lie to you I actually like Carson Wentz as a quarterback I think he's a a, a very talented guy. Um, like you said, he's young, you know, especially when you're talking about uh, one of the oldest quarterbacks in the game, just win a whole Super Bowl. So um, those are, you know, th- that's something that, you know, that Indy is looking forward to um, in the later part of the years, you know, as time goes on and they're growing more with their with their offense. I, I do feel like they should probably go out and probably get probably one or two more pieces on the offensive side, uh, especially on the O-line. Uh, on an O-line in for Indy. But uh, overall, I think that, you know, with time of them growing together, they could be actually pretty, pretty dangerous because their defense is, uh, is top of their class. So um, it's one of them um, is in, is in their top class. So um, I, I, I can see a lot of promising things coming from Indy, but uh, as far as uh, Philly though, um, I feel like there's a couple of things that needs to be uh, addressed there. First, uh, I wouldn't want to say you got a clean house, but you definitely have to lay down the law uh, in that locker room because once things get, you know, things get messed up, people aren't on aren't aren't on the same side. There needs to be a reckoning. I don't know what needs to happen. I'm not saying anybody needs to lose their job or anything like that, but something needs to happen where people are understanding that this is still a, a job and this is a blessing to be here. And so with that being said, something has to happen uh, moving forward with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, that's one. And for two, I personally believe, I, I, I personally think if it was, if it was me, I would draft another quarterback just in case, you know what I'm saying? Like just, just in case. And here's the reason why I'm saying this, Joe, um, is because, First off, you thought you 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 thought that he was good enough to even draft him in the first round when you already have Carson Wentz, who's already established who he is. That says a lot right there. You're saying that all right, we probably need to start moving, and you know we'll see, we'll see. And when you're a top when you're a top draft pick, you're you're, you're expected to play now. Let's let's just be real here. You're expected to play now and soon as soon as soon as one thing messes up you're going in as we stay with Miami with uh, Fitzgerald and and Tua Tonga Viola uh 
you see how that happened. Um, it was a tricky little situation in, in their instance, but that's them. That's them. But for Philly, I feel like there are times that we were both like that we, we we all collectively, honestly, was looking at Carson Wentz and was like, is you know, is it time for Hurts to get in? You know what I'm saying? This is those are questions, and and time went on. He, I don't think he, I don't think Hurts didn't uh, get in until the tail end of the season. But we know that there was problems even in the beginning of the season. So that told me that. He was good enough to get drafted, but he's not good enough to, to, to go out there and take over a game and we put our full confidence in him. So that shows me that they're still on the fence about their own quarterback that they have, that they just drafted, <laughs> honestly. You know, even though he's taking the steps, you know, we've, we, you know, we've watched him. I've, I've, I've admitted on this show that I like, I like Jalen Hurst's play. Uh, he, 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 he seems like he's a guy who doesn't get, get flustered uh easily so the game could be the game could really be moving uh uh slow for him or or it's just not as a big deal to him um being out there you know with all these guys out there but you can still have that mindset and still not be able to perform the way you need to perform so I think that's one of the things that they really need to address is that quarterback situation even though they've gotten rid of Carson Wentz Fair enough. And Chris, I gotta stop the show for a minute. You're dripping right now. Look at that outfit. Holy shit. Get the new cut, you got the new cut, you got the beard trimmed up a little bit. I like it. The real loser of this entire trade, Philadelphia's cap space. Holy shit. $30 million cap hit. The highest ever. It's yeah. been around for longer than a hundred years. It's the highest cap hit ever. That sucks. That stinks out loud if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan because, yeah, the future might be bright with Jalen Hurts as your quarterback, but how are you going to put talent around him if you don't have any cap? You released exactly. Alshon Jeffrey. You're, uh, Alshon Jeffrey's gone. Deshaun Jackson, who recently announced as well, he's gone. He's not going to be a Philadelphia Eagle anymore either. You drafted Jalen Rager, by the way, ahead of Justin Jefferson. You should, be, you should be pissed about that as well if you're an Eagles fan, but regardless – there are some things to be worried about if you're an Eagles fan, even though the new era with Hurts seems to be the right idea moving forward. Yes, yes. Those are our thoughts on the trade. Actually, Kev, give, your, give me like a quick uh, uh, flash notes, a little uh, preview of what your opinion was on this trade. I think the Eagles got fleeced in the trade, but uh, for, their, for their culture, I guess it makes sense for like a fresh start and moving on with Hurts. But um, the trade itself, I think the Colts easily won that. You're a big yeah. Howie guy? Um, not really. I don't. I think just hate anything. the name. It's still, yeah. it's, still, it's still some pieces that needs to be put in place for Indianapolis. But overall, yeah, yeah, yeah. looking at it, like Tom Brady is basically setting the 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 a new chart for quarterbacks on how long they stay in the NFL and what they're able to do and if they can revamp their 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 career. So it's like they actually won because there's so much time from uh, so much time for him to figure it out again or grasp the cult way and take him back to the top where they used to be. Fair exactly. enough. And they have a, such a great defense already. Yeah. Yeah, they do. But to that point, Chris, about longevity, I think Brady might be an anomaly and only for this reason. Obviously, he's a specimen. He's done the whole TV 12 method for the last, like, what, 13, 14 years. I understand that part of it. But pocket passes are dying out in the NFL. The way to not get hurt is to not get hit. 
The way to not get hit is to not run outside the pocket. That's the bottom line. With all these guys like Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, uh, Lamar Jackson, and the list goes on and on, even Deshaun Watson in some ways. When you run outside the pocket, you have a much higher percent chance of getting hit. That's the bottom line. That, that's just that's common sense. Brady, Brady's probably the best quarterback of all time avoiding hits, even inside the pocket. He knows how to fall down. These younger quarterbacks, while they're amazing athletes, I can't take anything away from them on the offensive side of the ball when I'm talking about their actual ability. But in terms of longevity, you're going to start seeing quarterbacks retiring early and earlier because their body can't take the beating, especially with these small frames. Kyler Murray's not a big guy. He's not a big guy. Jalen Hurts is bigger to his credit, but not that much bigger. So you're going to start running these situations where these quarterbacks start retiring early because they literally can't keep up with the physical toll that an NFL season, you know, brings with it every single season. So keep that in mind as well. All right. Next trade. Uncle Matt got traded. Finally. I was really hoping he was going to go to the Patriots, and then it came out two or three days later that he said, I'd go anywhere except New England. So that was kind of a, a stab in the back there from Uncle Matt. It kind of hurt the family tree a little bit. But anyway, Matt Stafford heads to sunny Los Angeles. Jones, Chris Matthews out in L.A. And in, in the process, the Rams send Goff and a couple first-round picks to the Detroit Lions. When it comes to who won the trade, there's a couple of trains of thought that would make sense for really both parties in terms of who actually won the deal. Matt Stafford, far and away a better quarterback than Jared Goff. In terms of player versus player compensation, the Rams fleeced the Lions. Yes. There's a player versus player comparison. But when you add two first-round picks and bring in a heavy contract, that's where the Rams start to lose. They don't have a first or second round picks till I think what 2025, 2026, something ridiculous, something like franchise altering to the point where you're saying, How the hell did this even happen? You bring in Matt Stafford, great move. I like the actual move itself, but you're really pinning yourself in a corner in terms of cap space. You already had a bad cap situation with Jared Goff. Now you bring in Matt Stafford, who has a similar contract and have to take the cap hit of trading Jared Goff. That bonus money is getting paid out by LA, not by Detroit. They might work out a way of splitting it in terms of, you know, clearing the cap penalty and everything. But as of right now, as it stands, the Rams are getting boned in terms of, uh, in terms of bonus payouts for Jerry Goff. So in that aspect, the Rams aren't in a great space. Do I think they compete now with Matt Stafford? That's a resounding yes. A resounding yes. The play of that young core has been unbelievable. The defense, while it's starting to age a tad bit, it's not aging to the point where it's like, oh, okay, we're going to start considering you know, moving pieces around. You know, Aaron Donald's still dominant. He will be dominant for the next few years, at least three or four more years. Jalen Ramsey has given no indication he's taking any more years off. You guys like John Johnson, who's playing at an elite level, you know, Taylor Rapp, Corey Little, and all these great young, kind of almost gadget players when you talk about the kind of elite athleticism and maybe smaller stature. They have a phenomenal put, uh, you know, put up defense going forward in LA. Offensively, Cam Akers, I mean, you talk about him more, the playoff run he had, especially in the game against Seattle, he took my breath away. They relied on him uh, a heavy amount because of Goff's thumb injury. He proved his worth. And you guys have like you know guys have like underrated guys like Josh Reynolds, guys like Cooper Cup, who's proven to be one of the most reliable targets in the NFL when he's healthy. You bring in Matt Stafford coming from a desolate place in, De- in, in Detroit, coming to sunny LA with better weapons, a better defense, a better place to live. I, I really do think this change of scenery benefits both Matt Stafford and the Rams to the point where 
I would be shocked if they're not at least contention for the NFC Championship next season. Absolutely. No, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I just feel like they have too many. They have they're 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 going to run into that problem. Um, they're going to run into the same problem that Tampa Bay had, you know, had of just having too many pieces um, to hang on to after the year is over with. I just feel like, for one, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on the on the championship run. Um, <laughs> they can get past Kansas City, boy. I could I could definitely see them winning the whole thing. Uh, just just off of the pieces that they have that's on piece of paper, we don't know what's going to happen yet until, you know, everything uh, subsides and we actually get into the season. But uh, overall, I think that uh, the Rams, they did they did get a win on the uh, with uh, with Uncle with uh, Uncle Matt. Uh, he's a great player. I was actually waiting on uh, a tweet or something from Calvin Johnson. Like, yeah, I'm headed to L.A. and pull a Grunk, you know, a Grunkowski on us. Like, yeah, I'm headed to L.A. And I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> I might end up getting me a little, uh, a little uh, Megatron jersey from the Rams if he was to ever come over here. Uh, but, You're a basic uh, trader, Chris. I'm no, I'm not. I am a Calvin Johnson fanatic. That's okay. what I am. <laughs> okay. Just like how you are with Tom Brady, I am that way with with with, with him. But no, I mean, I definitely think it was uh, uh, it was great for them. You know, great for Matt. You know, Matthew Stafford more more so than anything uh, coming. You know, coming from Detroit, which is not. You know, I'm I, I'm not going to say that they're a bad organization. They just don't have everything put together. They're not really ran uh, as well as you would like. Would you what you would like for them to do? Um, and the reason why I say that is because, you know, I've said this before, but, you know, you've had, um, well, shoot, it's about to be potentially two Hall of Famers that retired, you know, uh, retired early, uh, one that's actual Hall of Famer, one that could be coming up pretty soon, but, uh, uh, with, uh, Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson, you know, how do you have such amazing talent like that? And then they, you know, walk away from the game so soon. Uh, because they're just not winning, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So is right. it like a, you're just not letting nobody go, or what? Like what is the case? I don't understand it. But <clears throat> when you see stuff, when I see stuff like that, it just tells me that there's something, uh, something fishy that's going on in that organization. And I'm just happy that Matt uh, is getting a new, you know, getting a new scenery, a new team. Uh, it's going to be nasty. I, Matthew Stafford's. Matthew Stafford's attitude is much like Jalen Ramsey's. I like that. I like that kind of attitude that comes out of him, especially as a quarterback. And it's only going to motivate that team to have those kind of alpha leaders with Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, and Jalen Ramsey like that at the helm. They're going to be a nasty team to met, to handle with. It's like one of those. It's I, I can see it now as like Kansas City and the Rams clashing together. Um, and much like how it used to be back in the day with Seattle versus uh, uh, the 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 card or the Cardinals back in the day, like that used to be a game that everybody was ready to watch. Mm-hmm. Now I can see for sure the Rams versus Kansas City clashing together, and everybody's paying attention to it because it's such a momentum. You know, it's such a big game with so many great players on both sides of the ball. Uh, I would love to see it, but it. Uh, 
like I said, back back to the back to my point is, are we gonna be are, are they gonna be able to keep you know the key players to help them get all the way uh, next year or even this year? To be honest with you. Well, it's a serious question just because given how, you know, screwed they are with the salary cap. And the scary thing is, for the sake of the league, they're not even the worst in terms of salary cap. The New Orleans Saints are like negative 70 million cap right now. And, and they don't keep, it's, it's they psychotic. They're going to they keep on paying everybody over there until, it's, until they wipe the slate clean. They're going to start over. Yeah, seriously. Speaking of which, Mike Thomas would be on the move if we're talking about that right now. We can get into that. Mike Thomas would be gone. Can't guard Mike was like, can't like fucking play for shit. Like he's going to be gone. Like Slant Boy might be in some serious trouble soon. He might be in some serious yeah, trouble. Yeah, he got one more year. I think he has one more year and then they're going to they're gonna try to move him up out of there, especially with that $100 million contract that they gave him. So, um, but I don't believe that he'll go anywhere just because the simple fact of who he is and why in, in the reason why he ended up getting a hundred million dollar contract. I don't think that that's going to happen. Fair enough. Fair enough. Cause you were playing against Matt Stafford during your career or now. Uh, I played against him. None. Nope. I don't no think times. I've ever played against him. Last, uh, when I played against Detroit one time, he was hurt. Oh, was that the Dan Orlovsky year? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shot the 0 16 years. That's a tough bid. That is a tough bid. Um, so I was thinking about this. So the Rams are a very intriguing team. And I've gone through your followers about 20,000 times because I just like to look for every little connect I can get because I'm a greedy little bastard. And I saw that Josh Rounds follows you. Yeah. Let's get him on the podcast to talk Matt Stafford. I would love to do that. Okay. Hit him, yeah, up. hit him up. It was, you know, you know, the funny thing about it is, is that, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about because I remember when it popped up on my fees and I was like, uh, why would he be wanting to <laughs> follow me? But I was like, okay, cool. Let you know, let me you know get a young boy to follow, and you know he's been solid on there, man. You know, he's I, I think guy. he heard you were partnering with me and was like, oh shit, I gotta follow Joe Stafford's partner. He used to play in the that NFL or something. It. That might be it. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> anyway, all right, what else are we talking talk about? Uh, Washington football team. Keeping their name. This won't be a long segment. Uh, why? That's the problem. Like, why? Why would you do that? You don't have an identity. You're literally an Arias football team. That's what you're saying you are. Didn't have a bad run. I yeah, I know. But, like, I just don't like it. Like, I just, like yeah, you had an exciting run towards the end. Alex Smith comes back from crazy injury, leads you to a playoff run. Gets the injured. Taylor Hanicki was a great story in, in the first round of the playoffs. Almost beats Tom Brady. And, yeah, it's cool. But Washington football team, I just don't like it. I don't like it at all. You're the same colors as the Redskins. People still call you the Redskins. I think about 50% of the people I know still call you the Redskins. So that's probably an issue. If you're going to put the Washington football team as your actual thing, change the color scheme at the very least. Like, do something to discriminate from what you used to look like. Because it's the same jerseys. Like, it looks the exact same way it did before. So maybe that's just my advice. And maybe, you know, names just theoretically, like the politicians, that wouldn't be a bad one. Metropolitans, that wouldn't be a bad one. Generals wouldn't be a bad one. Ca uh, you can't do capitals. Uh, you know, th there's, there's names out there. Like you can find a name. You have a marketing team. You have, a, you have a research team for a reason. Figure it out. Find a name out. And for God's sake, get a new owner too. Like I'm so sick of seeing all these like, like sexual abuse allegations, racist allegations. Like, like your owner sucks, guys. He can't manage the cap. He's a horrible human being. South Jeff Bezos or something. He could probably buy it. I don't, I don't know. Just find somebody else to own yeah. the team. You know, to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever heard of any owner actually getting their team taken away from them or having to sell their team ever 
in my career. In Welcome my to life, 2020. Bro. You know what I'm saying? Like Donald Sterling was out of there within weeks. And now you got this guy, you know, it's a fraternity. We all know this. We don't need to go through what's going on behind closed door because we already know or have some some kind of thought process on what's going on. So ain't none of that is going to happen. Changing the name, maybe that needs to be one thing that does need to change. But everything else is pretty much going to stay the same. They're still going to be the Washington football team. I just think that, I, I mean, well, I kind of want to say I kind of like it now, to be honest with you, because I knew you did. I had like a little inkling that you liked it. I don't know better. why. They're getting better, bro. Especially, you know, with you know, with Chase Young, you know, leading the way. Um, shoot, he could turn that whole name into something huge, you know, and and it'd be a a, a a name to 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 mimic after, you know, if somebody else comes up with you know, some problems with the team. They'll have to follow this blueprint that Washington and the Washington team has built. So I don't know. Yeah, speaking of, actually, I've never told this story in this podcast before. Uh, combine story, flashback. Obviously, I don't know if you guys know what's the combine. We did the whole report on it. Did a whole lot of scouting. Beat every CBS analyst out from a mock drive, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, I have like a little Chase Young tidbit. Mm. I'm at the combine. I'm with all the scouts. I'm watching the bench press. D-line was up next. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm about to see Chase Young do the bench press. I'm thinking like 30-something reps. Like, I'm thinking he's going to be a bad boy up on on the stage. He gets up there with about four other guys. And this dude is a behemoth. Huge. Ridiculously shredded. Like, like 0.5% body fat shredded. Like, ridiculous. Gets up there with huge dreadlocks. Takes the microphone away from the guy. He's like, "Uh, you guys know who I am. I'm not benching today. Walks off the stage. And everyone just like they're looking around at like, and, and everyone in that place knows he means business. Like no one cared what he was going to bench because they, he was going to go top three no matter what. Like he was going to go top three Absolutely. no matter what he put off a bench. He could have gone to bench, done one rep, put it down, and still gone top three. Like we know who the kind of, what kind of player Chase <laughs> Young is, and it was just so funny because everyone around me that wasn't a scout, like whether it was like fans or whatever, they were just like so shocked and so like, wait, like is he actually not going to bench? I'm like, yeah. Players of that caliber don't need to bench. They don't need to prove anything to you because the tape speaks for itself. It's like Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders did one event at the NFL Combine, the 40-yard dash. We're in like a 4-2-9, got back in his private jet and got the hell out of there. Like, is the special yeah. player, the special player. Huh? He's, I said, he, Deion Sanders is special. I was thinking more with Chase Young. He, he kind of has that aura of um, Jadavion Clowney. And we've seen how that's done turned around so let's just hope that you know chase young um is humbled enough to stay working and doesn't take this for granted because you can see how jadavion although he's done uh sparked his career back up again um but nonetheless this is a first round draft pick who um was highly highly sought after um, when he was coming out from the league, much of much on Aaron Donald's uh, caliber of players when he was coming out. So I just want Chase Young to stay, 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 stay humble, stay vigilant on what, you know, on your goals and keep it pushing, bro. Because you could literally, he could literally, literally take that team and turn it into a, a whole new f- a franchise for by itself. 
for sure. And I think the clowny comparison is fair in terms of like cockiness and kind of like I'm that dude type of thing. Yeah, I see that. Uh, but clowny, you know, came in the league, got hurt his first year, came back, got hurt again. Um, you know, this guy's first step is unlike any others. His first step as a pass rusher is insanity. It's it's outlandish. It's You're something about I've never seen or 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 clowny on, on, on clowny. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just the first step was just ridiculous. And then he got lazy. He got hurt a couple more times. He got lazy, wanted to get paid. We're not really having the production. And that kind of started like a whole, you know, tail end of his career. I think Chisho is different and, and like different, but he also like, like I'm talking built different. Like this guy's mentality is like, I'm going to tear your face off every single play. I've seen this guy. I've seen this guy up close. I've seen this guy work out. I've seen this guy in action. He means business every time he steps on the football field. Every single snap is is war with him. So I believe in Chase Young. I don't think he's an extra JV and Clowney. That's just me. That's just me. Gotcha. Anyway, gotcha. next up, what are we thinking, boys? Uh, little Deshaun Watson talk? Little Deshaun Watson talk? All right. It's huh? a little bit early for me. I don't want to, I don't, for me, I don't want to, you know, put the cat out the bag and tell y'all where he's actually going to go. Cause you know, I've been, going to San Francisco. I've been going, I've been getting these messages from people. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I might've played with some, a couple of people that's, you know, put the 49ers and they could be telling me some stuff. I don't know. It could be true. could not be true, but I don't know. But you know, I'll, I'll go with this. I, I'll go, I'll go with it. I'll go with it. I'll go as far to say you're like a more toxic 49ers fan than I'm a more toxic Patriots fan. Like, it's that much worse with you. Like, every single person, oh, we're getting him, we're getting him. No, you're not. You're not getting him. And there's a, and the number one reason why, you already have a quarterback. His name's Kyle Shanahan. Like, hey. he doesn't actually need a real quarterback. Like, I'm dead, I'm dead serious. Think about it. You, you had the same success with Nick Mullins you did with Jimmy Garoppolo. You don't need to pay your quarterback uh, a hefty bag of cash when you can win with a guy like Nick Mullins and invest elsewhere on your offensive defense. That's all I'm saying. I don't think it makes sense for San Francisco. But one team that I have been hearing is Carolina. And I've heard rumors that Deshaun Watson wants to approve trades to three teams. Somehow the New York Jets, I still don't believe it. I refuse to believe it, but it might be a reality at this point. Miami, which makes a hell of a lot of sense. And Carolina. In terms of Deshaun Watson actually having success, Carolina's probably not the best place to go. But in terms of, you know, uh, uh, capital being uh, given back to the, the, to the Houston Texans. There's been a lot of talk about three first round picks in Christian McCaffrey. That's the entire franchise. Yeah, literally. That, that's the whole franchise. You don't only have a number one receiver. You have Curtis Samuel. He's pretty good. Uh, you have Robbie Henderson. He's decent, like great, you know, yak guy, but not really a big score. Not a guy who's going to change your entire offense around. Uh, running back, yeah, McCaffrey's good. After McCaffrey, what, Mike Davis? Maybe. We'll see. I guess he was good in spurts last year. But the reality of it is, if you trade McCaffrey in three first-round picks, taking away incentive for Deshaun Watson to waive his no-trade clause, because he wants to play with guys like Christian McCaffrey. He wants to play with first-round picks. He just want to play with what you have left over after the scraps are swept off the table. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like, so I, I never really understood that, but there's been a lot of talk about Carolina giving up the entire franchise to get Deshaun Watson in the, in the door. If I'm Houston, I'm saying, yeah, you'd be an idiot to say, yeah, three first round picks in, in, in Christian McCaffrey. I think you're stupid if you, if you would do say otherwise. Um, but if, if I'm Carolina, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I, I hate that. I absolutely hate that. Chris, what are your thoughts on that? Cause I don't understand that, that thought process. I mean, I, I, I kind of understand it and I'm just going to be a more realist about the situation. There's not that many dogs that are out there on that team for you to actually 
uh, not consider giving up these people right now or giving up three first rounders is, uh, you know, it's almost like a, hey, we're going to take you, you know, we'll take you, but we need, you know, we need this, we need that. And I don't care about who he wants to play with. Bro, you can get more friends. You're getting all this money. You're getting all this money. We're going to bring some more people in here. Hopefully, you know, we get some in the later rounds that actually flourished and becomes what we need them to become. But other than that, bro, if you can get some people off to, to get a franchise player such as Deshaun Watson, I mean, shoot, why not? Why not? And actually, not? speaking of which, we have a resident Jet fan right here, Trevor Nelson, the roommate. Come here, baby. Give me your quick pitch for why Deshaun Watson should be a New York Jet this offseason. Um, I think he wants to go to a winning franchise, unlike the New England Patriots. You know, I think they got more assets. <laughs> and they got more money. You know, not everyone wants to play for Bill Belichick. All I got to say is Deshaun wants to come to New York and be a winner, and that's what he's going to get. How about yeah, that? that's right. How about that? <laughs> Our resident Jets fan with a hot take right off you the mic. You literally said, you know, you come to a winning organization with this greatest face <laughs> ever seen. <team. laughs> you gotta love the enthusiasm, though. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta love it. That's a real Jets fan. I could believe somebody like that. That is a real, real Jets fan straight off Long Island. That was awesome. Uh, but in terms of reality, you know, getting back to reality a little bit, uh, Deshaun Watson, Carolina. I don't really see it happening. I wouldn't want to see it happen. I just don't think it'd be a great place for him to succeed. Neither with the Jets. The best place I think is Miami. I do think Miami is probably the best place for him. Just weapons after weapons, a solid defense, a good young head coach, a progressive head coach. You have an extra first round picks in your back pocket. I think that's the best place for him to go. I don't see it, bro. I don't see it because I, for one, I just, I don't believe that Tua is going to allow that to happen. Well, Tua doesn't have a goddamn choice. Uh, well, well, he he doesn't have a choice in the say of who comes and who doesn't come, but he does have a choice on, you know, if you're going to play or if you're not going to play, because he can he right now I truly believe that he is one of those guys who is a worker and he is working his ass off to get better to show these coaches like yeah I'm the reason why you chose me in the first round I'm the reason why you put me in instead of leaving uh, fist magic in the game. Like, I'm going to show you why. I just feel like that's the kind of uh, person that he is just off of, you know, countless interviews that I've been watched him. Uh, and he just seems like he has a good head on his shoulders. He knows what work is. And I just, I, I believe in him. But ultimately, if why wouldn't you, if he was Deshaun Watson, I mean, I would go to 49ers. But if you're thinking about Carolina, I probably would take that because if you're looking at it, who did they have? Who did they have? Was the who was the next biggest? Who was the biggest star uh, uh, in their in their uh, franchise ever? In your opinion, Joe, who do you think that was? That's a great question. Give me. Uh, come back to me, Kev. What's yours? Come back so, to me. Yeah, go ahead, Kev. Go ahead. Uh, well, one that comes to mind is Steve Smith. Mm. See, but, uh, I, there's probably someone else I'm not thinking of. We're talking about Panthers' yeah, best all time receivers or anybody? Just anybody. Just oh, the biggest um, Julius Peppers. Oh. Julius Peppers, I'm thinking. Peppers? Maybe Sam Mills. See, I'm, going, I'm going with Cam Newton. Yeah. And the reason why I'm going with Cam Newton is because this man was the face of football at one point in time. 
Like you couldn't find a Superman cape anywhere without, with you know, uh, 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 around that time. Like Cam Newton transcended that team and they embraced that while all the, uh, you know, off the field stuff that Cam was doing that was bigging up his career. Also, the football team was embracing that and allowing him to flourish. And when she, and when you see things like that, no, looking at looking at Deshaun Watson, that's something that I would actually want. Like they're going to allow me to do what I want. <laughs> they're not saying that I I got to come here and just play football. So I like that mindset. I think that makes a lot a lot of sense. But there's one small issue I have with that. It's a different regime. If, if Ron Rivera is here no. still, that's a different discussion. I think, I think you're probably 100% right if Ron Rivera is still here. But Mad Rule is still a very big unknown. We don't really know how he runs his team yet. Teddy Bridgewater was an experiment this year. Didn't really work the way they wanted it to work. We're not sure how he runs his football program. One year doesn't define anyone. Look at Bill Belichick. He, he was the head coach in Cleveland. And you saw how that worked out for him and everything until he went to New England. So it really depends on how Matt Rule governs his team and how he wants his players to act or not act. That will really determine what Deshaun Watson has to do with it. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if, you know, he sat down with Matt Rule, Deshaun Watson did, maybe he talked it out before the trade even, you know, thought to have happened. There might be tampering, but, you know, the NFL always has things, you know, ways around certain laws and regulations, especially when it comes to star players. All right, enough of that. Enough of that. All right, we're done. We're done. Deshaun Watson, we're done. One other quarterback's on my mind a little bit. He goes by the name of Ben Roethlisberger. Dude. Chris, I know. Yeah, Big Ben. All right, whatever. Chris, I know you like him. I don't. For a number of reasons, I don't. I've said on this podcast a lot. I think he's kind of a scumbag. I don't like who he is as a person. And as a quarterback, he's shown me really nothing the last couple of years. Nothing. Especially this last year. You start 11-0. You start to skid mark your way to the playoffs. And you get blown out by the Cleveland Browns. Without their head coach. Without their starting left guard. Without half their special team staff. The Cleveland Browns. Ben Roethlisberger threw four interceptions. He literally retired his center this year. Retired him. That's pretty hard to do. Pouncey is one of the most electrifying centers of all time. Florida legend, Pittsburgh legend, him and his brother might be Hall of Fame bound at the same exact time. Maybe the first time ever that would ever happen. So, correct to the Pounceys. But, back to Ben Roethlisberger, it's time to go. Pittsburgh's salary nightmare doesn't end with him either. That's the worst part. Yes, Ben Roethlisberger should be out of that and draft the guy immediately. The sad part is if they keep them, it's like 41 mil against the cap. If they cut them, it's like 25 mil. So either way, you're boned, you're porked, you are screwed. No matter how you slice and dice it, you keep them, you're paying a 41 mil, you're paying $41 million to a, what, 38-year-old quarterback that's washed up, or you're paying $25 million to sit on the couch. That's not a great scenario if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Not to mention, you don't have to have to re-sign Juju Smith. Schuster, he's probably gone, probably going to New York or some terrible market for TikTok. I have no idea. And now you deal with Pittsburgh without a number two receiver. You're expecting Chase Claypool to be that number one re- receiver right off the bat, which is a bad look if you're a sensible football fan. With number one coverage in safety over the top, Claypool might not have an easy time dominating, quote-unquote, like he did this past season. That's all I'm trying to say. Juju might be out of the picture. You still have a pretty decent depth of position. Uh, you know, and Eric Ebron's pretty good as well. But quarterback's an issue. Salary's an issue. Pittsburgh, you're in trouble. Chris, what do you think they should do? I think they should 
uh, get rid of Juju. Not get rid of, but let him move on. Uh, not have not not play into anything that Joe's talking about with Big Ben and being washed up or anything like that. Business is business. Up. We're gonna keep it going as usual. I just just came to the realization that you guys have been uh, fluffed for some time now. Uh, you guys have been coddled. You know what I'm saying? You just you guys are just soft right now. And the reason why I'm saying that is because you guys have had the luxury of having probably one of the best quarterbacks to win in the NFL history, period, it, ever. You guys are having the luxury of having that. And so now you're just looking at people who are who used to be good and now they're just not you know competing to the job I mean to the I mean to the level that Tom Brady is or you forget that Tom Brady had Antonio Brown Chris uh Chris Godwin Mike Evans Leonard Fournette Ronald Jones all these great players around him granted Steelers you have great players around I mean uh, Ben Big Ben you have great players around you as well but not to the uh, magnitude of Tom Brady or 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 even who else who else has help like that uh on that level Aaron Rodgers with with Devontae Adams uh uh who else Breeze with with uh with oh boy so it's like so it's like you guys are just getting you guys are just getting too too soft on these guys man just let them play their game it we're I've already said that Tom Brady has set the new chart for, for, for quarterbacks on when they need to retire and how it's going to look for them and all this stuff. Big Ben has nothing to worry about. I love, I don't, I don't love the, the off the field antics that, you know, everybody keeps on bringing up about him. Uh, if, if he's a piece of shit, he's a piece of shit. That's, 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 Amen. Totally, that's totally, that's totally, uh, I'm on your side with that part, but when we're talking about football and allowing him, I mean, I mean, and, and him playing the game at a high level, he can absolutely still do that. He can't, he, but what he can't do though, which I want to add that Tom Brady can't do this either without the people that he has, but he can't throw the ball, catch the ball, hand the ball off, run the ball, play defense, call the right plays, make sure everybody's healthy. Like that's not his job. His job is to take command of the. I mean, take command of the uh, of the offense. Shit, the team, and let them know, like, hey, if you do your part, I'm gonna do my part. And we know that they weren't doing their part in that Browns game where they got beaten in. It was tragic. Yes, does that make Big Ben look bad? Yes, it does make him look bad. But so what? There's plenty of other players that didn't get past uh i mean it's plenty of other teams that didn't get past the browns this uh this past year so do, are, are we are we excluding everybody else or is it just big ben in this in in the pay i mean i mean in uh in pittsburgh that's all i want to know fair enough kev yay or nay on ben roethlisberger coming back what do you think i think he's coming back for sure do you want him to come back if you're the gm of the pittsburgh steelers do you want him back on your roster yeah, I don't see who else I would have or else I would go. Exactly. I mean, there's this thing called the draft that you guys probably should learn about. Uh, it's pretty cool. You can draft. Like yeah. 
pretty oh, nice. Oh, here we go. That's a, that's a gamble, though. Exactly. So he's keeping a 39-year-old $41 million price tag on your team. He's better than most quarterbacks, though. Tom Brady is one of those players. Tom Brady's Tom Brady. Because of his players around him. That's the whole reason why he left the Patriots. Because he wanted players around him. Okay, Chris. Okay, Chris. Uh, Big Ben, then we'll see. We we might potentially see something. If You're not, kidding, right? And, and then hey, I'm on the board with you. If we get if they get some more players, which I totally believe they will, because if Juju is gone, I'm more than sure with the track record of the of the of the uh, of the Pittsburgh of picking up amazing wide receivers, it's going to keep going. And next year, and the years are coming on, he's gonna have players. So let's just see. I mean, if if it happens, then I'm with you, Joe. If he just blows it the next year and we and they give him everything he needs or or people start rallying around him and start playing better and he just still can't get it done, I'm with you. Chris, um, you said he had no weapons. He has James Conner, Pro Bowl running back. James Washington, borderline Pro Bowl receiver. Deontay Johnson, borderline Pro Bowl receiver. Chase Claypool, an actual Pro Bowler. Judas Smith-Schuster, a Pro Bowl receiver. And Eric Ebron, the fastest tight end in the entire NFL. He has weapons. He just hasn't done anything with it. You just said potential, potential, potential. The only one, the only one that is solidified as a pro bowler and as a guy is Eric Ebron. Everybody else is building up. What do you want? What do you want him to do? We have fundamental differences of what classifies a good player. We have fundamental differences. No, clearly we do. Fundamental differences. Clearly we do. Because if, if, Eric- if that's the case, then he should be on the same level as Tom Brady right now. Does, said- is Tom Brady's offensive? Is Tom Brady's receiving core the same? I mean, the same caliber of receivers as the Pittsburgh Steelers? It's close. Get the hell out of here. Get the <laughs> hell out of here. Get the hell out of here, Joe. Now, 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 now you're trying to get me hyped up. I'm over here sweating this shit over here. I'm you really good at that. I'm really good at that. It's like my job. I do a phenomenal job of getting you pissed off. That's like my whole thing. Yes. Angry, angry Chris is my favorite Chris. Angry Chris is my favorite Chris. God, I love it. Uh, it was just funny. You, you said Eric Ebron is the most talented out of all of them. That was the funniest part for me. I don't, you know, Eric he's the highlight guy no no he's not he's been a career disappointment he, he was pretty good in indy one year and he was okay last year in pittsburgh all right, all right. uh okay sweating. final thoughts we're doing final thoughts i'll go first final thought is follow the russell wilson kind of like storyline right now it's intriguing as hell russell wilson's never been a diva russell wilson's been a team guy Always first, been a captain on this Seahawks team for years and years and years. Always been quiet. And cap. now, and yeah, cap. And now we're starting to see it unravel a little bit. He's pissed his old line sucks. It sucks for, for the past few years now. He's pissed that he can't get over the hump of the team he has currently now, you know, obviously due to some of the offensive line issues, as well as the defense. He might be in the trade market soon. Half of the league's called them already. Half. 16 teams have called the Seattle Seahawks and asked what it would take to get Russell Wilson. The floor, it's believed, is three first-round picks. The floor. The very, very least it would take. So it's going to be more if they end up trading. Keep your eye on it, though. It's interesting. Because I think Russell Wilson is one of the most underappreciated quarterbacks of my entire generation. Underappreciated. 
And that's saying yeah. a lot, considering how people think he's great. The fact when, when people think you're great, and I still think you're underappreciated, that speaks volumes as to what you actually mean in terms of NFL hierarchy all time. Mm-hmm. He might be top 10 all time at the end of his career if he wasn't another one. He might be. But keep your eye on the timeline. That's, that's my final thought. Chris, any final thoughts? Uh, no, I hear you. I mean, I don't, I don't believe in none of this, to be honest with you. Uh, me, me knowing who Russell Wilson is and the type of person he is, I believe that this is all fluff. I believe that he's not going to go anywhere. I believe that he's going to retire as a Seattle Seahawk. They do this countless times, day in and day out, with all their major players. I remember Cam was on the trading blocks. Uh, who else? Uh, uh, Earl was on the trade. Well, they actually got Earl up out of there, but at one point in time, when he was at the height of his career, he was on the trading blocks. All these guys, Bobby, uh million doug i'm like come on now like these guys are your core guys right here i don't believe it uh, just knowing like i said just knowing russell wilson and his camp um they're they they like to keep stuff pretty close to their chest and so if that's if that's what's going on which i don't i don't i don't deny that i don't deny that there's teams calling for him but i think that it's all fluff and they're just trying to blow this out of proportion because remember a lot of people don't remember don't know this but russell wilson is actually a pretty good actor if y'all haven't seen him on the entourage playing himself acting it's pretty good and this is all a part of it this is all an act russell wilson is going to go down as a as a as a as a seahawk to his end of the days i really hope that's the case I don't really want to see Russell Wilson be one of those guys to change teams. I like when quarterbacks stay with their teams throughout their whole career. I like that. I'm mean, a very big, uh, you know, uh, supporter of that. But, and we uh, haven't seen it recently, especially with a lot of uh, great quarterbacks that's out right now. But um, he could definitely be that one. It, it, their their attitudes, their aura, it just I don't know it. It's weird. It's almost weird how it just clashes together and it just gels for them. They have problems and then next thing you know, there's probably a clandestine meeting somewhere off on the lake somewhere. Nobody else can hear them. And they come back and it's like they're best friends all over again and they're winning again. So I just think that it's just fluff. He's just trying to he's trying to push them to to get him a better offensive line, which which makes sense because you know they've been they've been you know they've basically been bypassing it throughout their whole uh, I mean throughout Russell Wilson's whole career besides Justin Britt, um, who was just uh, who just stopped playing. So fair enough, fair enough. Kevin, any final thoughts? I'm just gonna be looking out to see if the Patriots get any quarterbacks. Woo-hoo! <laughs> yeah, that's about it. That's funny, actually. Speaking on on that kind of uh, that train of thought, I heard a rumor the other day from my little sources. Mac Jones' floor is eighth overall. Eighth, eighth overall. Eight? Yeah, like Ocho, like number eight, which is ridiculous. Like I'm kind of glad he won't be there for us to select anyway, because I think he's a bum. I don't think he'll be good in the NFL. Period. So I'm kind of glad about that, but I was shocked when I heard that. So unless the Patriots want to trade up, yeah, I think yeah, you have you, Lawrence is gone at that point. Fields is probably gone. Wilson's definitely gone, and now probably Mac Jones is gone. So probably your options are Trey Lance, 
trade up or trade down. I'm trading the quarterback. Those are your options. If anything, I'm trading up. Not not now with with this class is such high uh, 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 receivers going in. That means it's not enough of everything else that needs to be um, uh, that 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 people need to tend to. And we've been saying this throughout the whole season that teams need to invest in more offensive linemen throughout the whole league. So when you got that going on, then you're trying to you're trying to get your key guys. It's gonna be hard. I'm I, if I was them, I'd trade up. We're trading up. We're trying to get into that mix. Well, let's not forget. People always discredit the point that the, the Patriots never try to trade up or anything. That's mm-hmm. not true. It's been proven, literally proven. Bill Belichick tried to trade with the New York Giants before Baker Mayfield went number one overall. Mm-hmm. He wanted to get Baker Mayfield at number two. Mm-hmm. That's been proven. He he tried to trade up with the Giants. Mm-hmm. So. Let there be a lesson. He's not afraid to pull the trigger. Keep that in mind. I don't know. I I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't pay attention to, you know, Boston sports and have secret insider tradings and stuff like that, that you guys are privy to what you, uh, you know, what your group Texas is telling y'all who's going to get who and, and page and Belichick is the greatest ever in this. And y'all just coming up with all these crazy things. But all I know is they better figure something out because next year is coming up. And if you guys go, Oh, and 16, cause I can see it. You're so full of shit. You're so full of shit. You're so going to be hell on this show for both of you guys all year. Chris, what was the record last year? I, I'm just saying, all I'm saying is if you go 0-16 next year, it's going to be a problem. Chris, what was our record last year? I don't know. We'll see. What is it? Yeah, what is it? Cam? We were 7-9 last year. 7-9. With Cam Newton throwing the ball into the dirt about 10 times a game. Wait, now. Wait, time out. Let me finish, Chris. I had your, You had your say. Let me have mine. We had eight players opt out. The most in the NFL. Yeah, that's true. We had significant injuries on both sides of the football. That we're going to go 0 and 16 based off one bad season, a season in which we still won seven games when we had no business with the talent on our team being anywhere close to 500. That is blasphemy. I will not stand for it. I would, I will not stand for it. Hey, all right, all right. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. (laughs) I'm going to let it go. But I hear you. I hear you. I'm just saying 0 and 16. If you go, Hey, if you st- if you lose the first four games, it's a wrap for you guys. I'm going to let you guys have it. But I'm thinking 0-16 if nothing is changing because you got a lot of things that needs to be moved around and put in place for you guys to actually have a, 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 a salvageable career. I mean, Fair salvageable enough. season. Also, to give you guys some little uh, preview on our next kind of plans here, Stop the Matthews. First of all, this is our first offseason episode ever. So clap it up for the boys. We did a pretty goddamn good job. There we go. There we go. Chris, a little applause. We need to like a little applause button. We need like the buttons for that or something. Uh, but anyway, the next few weeks, we're focusing heavy on free agency and on the NFL draft. Myself and hopefully Chris, we haven't already talked about it yet because we're kind of talking this out right now. I'm doing at least three mock drafts, two or three mock drafts. I hope Chris has at least one. Uh, and we'll be talking to some head coaches from some pretty prestigious college football programs, one being maybe Arizona State. We still talk about Chris uh, and his connections there. So figuring a little bit out, we'll also be doing at least three keys to each team's offseason as to what they need to do 
to succeed in 2021. So keep your eye on that uh, going forward in the offseason. We will be back on a regular schedule. Episodes coming out every Wednesday or Thursday. My man, Kev, will be putting, laying down the law with clips on social media with our own account, at Stafford and Matthews on Instagram, as well as Ride the Wave Media on Instagram, who is, of course, our sponsor this week and every single week we've existed. Uh, content is on the way. We'll be excited to share with you guys, and I cannot wait for you to see our plans for the future. Unfortunately, the combine's out of the, out of the questions. It's been canceled. We were really looking forward to doing that together with some live coverage for once. But we'll be out in L.A. pretty soon after the year's over. COVID, we'll get our, our vaccination and everything. We'll have some live content for you, some more interviews. Good stuff's on the way. Keep the faith. Keep up with Stafford and Matthews and ride the goddamn wave. Boys, we'll see you next week.